John knew, but he couldn't say. They were having the same argument they had just about every morning after enough drinks and enough time had passed. Was it there or wasn't it? Thomas had burst into the bar saying he saw a delivery drone over the lake headed due east from downtown. That set Eddie off. The island is there. The island is there, and it's time we did something about it. It's not right. It's not right for them to be out there while the rest of us sweat, sweat and beg and steal to survive. It's not right. Eddie gestured wildly, talking to no one in particular, but loud enough so everyone could hear. Some people laughed. Some shook their heads, never looking up from their spiked soylent smoothies. John just listened from his regular spot. He sat near the back door in the darkest corner. His tags had expired over the winter and he was still a few credits shy of being able to renew them. But here, he knew the bartender, and the deal was he could stay and drink if he brought a bunch of zebras and promised to sneak out the back door at the first sign of an Alphabot on patrol. T-R-L-T penalties were stricter now than ever. The Alphabots were busy. Tangible, in real life trading, was against regulations. All transactions of goods or services had to be made official. But zebras for whiskey was a good deal, worth risking credit fees and even punitive hard drive reductions. Most people hated the taste of zebras, but the bartender was an odd duck, and John was grateful because even though he didn't have enough credits to renew his tags or pay for a whiskey, he had zebras to spare. He'd scraped off a few hundred the night before. He only had room to hide two dozen in various pockets. That was enough for a nightcap. One man's trash is another man's amuse bouche, the bartender said as John handed over the zebras one by one. The bartender steamed them in the dishwasher and added two drops of lemon memory to each one. He slurped them down and lamented that he couldn't use real lemon juice. He was old enough to remember how it tasted, the real juice. They have groves and groves of lemons on the island, Eddie hollered over the din of the dive bar. The island has lemon groves and avocados and eggs from real chickens. Everyone gets their own chicken on the island. John hadn't seen an avocado for sale in Chicago since he was a kid. No one here could afford much of anything besides Soylent. If they could, they spent it on whiskey. Right, Eddie, the bartender said. Lemon groves. Miles of them. The bartender slid a free refill, another T-R-L-T violation, and an offering for peace and quiet down the bar. Eddie nodded in thanks. Best as John could tell, there were no lemon groves on the island. But he couldn't say that, because he couldn't say anything. Officially, the island didn't exist. He'd signed a confidentiality agreement saying as much before he took his job. It was an awful job. John got divers' headaches from the serum. He needed the injections twice a day. Once at dusk when he headed out, and again when he came up to the wet-collar worker's dock for his lunch break around midnight. From there, he could see it. Them. Their smooth roads and sleek bicycles and tag-along bots anticipating every desire. He wasn't sure what their day jobs were, if they had them. At night, all they seemed to do was dance and drink. John fished another couple of zebras out of the lining of his shorts. The clock punch bot never seemed to notice how lumpy the hem of his suit was as he left the island. He figured maybe all humans looked lumpy to the bot. Or it just hadn't been programmed to care that he was smuggling the shells to the shore. He slipped the bartender the shells in exchange for another pour. 
John downed it and rolled the empty glass gently across his right temple, trying to relieve the pain. The diver's headaches were stronger than a year ago when he started at the job. The initial twinge was a throb almost all the time now. It makes you feel like a superhero, the orientation bot told him when he showed up for the job. Do you agree to the terms? His cousin told him just to nod along and sign the screen. It was steady work. The injections weren't so bad, he promised. You get used to the headaches. The injections were effective. They made it so he could breathe underwater for hours at a time. That way he could scrape the deeper parts of the hull without bulky scuba gear that would slow him down. And he could swim submerged as he went to and from work without the risk of being seen from the shore. It was an important job. Leave the zebras unchecked and they'd build up along the outer walls. Chip the metamaterial and the invisible shell would suffer. Either way, the whole island would be at risk of getting spotted from the shores of old Chicago. It was delicate work. He'd heard they'd tried to develop bots to do the job, but so far it was still cheaper for the island to use wet-collar workers like John, whose expired tags meant they couldn't find work elsewhere. The last thing the people of the floating city of New Chicago wanted was for anyone to know they were there. Rumors and whispers were inevitable, and drunken rants from the likes of Eddie were no real threat. But the zebras were. So John scraped and swam in the moonlight while they danced and drank. When he got back to the barracks, the timer on the shower was always too short to scrub the stink of the lake off. So he went to bed every day with a stench of it still on his skin and woke up with it wafting off his sheets. It meant dry collars bristled at the smell of him on the sidewalks. It's why he mostly preferred the company of bots. They didn't mind. With bots and at this bar, those were the two places he was welcome. Everyone who came to this bar was a wet-collar worker, especially the morning crowd. Third shifters staggered into the dingy lakefront dive all morning for a little something to help them sleep off their shift as the rest of the city started its day. Eddie worked in the processing tanks, rehabbing bots that got too caked in algae and needed a manual reboot. His fingertips were always a little green. Thomas worked with dowser bots near the shore. They were always breaking down. The bots were still pretty bad at sand. So no one crinkled their nose here or scowled if you had a little algae stuck in your hair. Not even the bartender, who either didn't notice or didn't mind. The guy ate zebras he steamed in the dishwasher, after all. They sipped and stared out the window as the sun rose over the lake. Look! Eddie shouted and stuck his index finger against the glass. Everyone, even the ones who openly scoffed at Eddie, squinted for a sign of the island. They scanned the horizon for an out-of-place shimmer, a seagull shifting course unexpectedly. But of course, there was nothing to see. Nothing but a spectacular sunrise. Which wasn't nothing, John thought. But these days, it wasn't enough. He blinked twice to save the view, then shook his head to remove it from the archive. He was too low on hard drive space. It must be there, Thomas muttered, his tone muddled with angst and aspiration. John could never tell if they wanted to believe or not. Which was worse? If the island was real, it was the most concrete, and most buoyant, example of how segregated they'd become. Outrageous. Unfair. But if the island wasn't real, then this was it. Then this crumbling city, its stench and its strays were everything. No hope. No secret lemon groves. John tossed one last zebra down on the table as a tip. Yeah, he clapped Thomas on the shoulder on the way out. It must be there. <laughs>